We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, folks, what's good? We are back, and the Hawks are in the Elite Eight. A.B., we are without B-Turn, who's probably still celebrating last night's win in Chicago. But uh, me and A.B. wanted to get on here. Just recap last night, which, I mean, a disgusting basketball game. Um, But you don't apologize for wins in March. You survive. You advance. We said all year, A.B., this team, you know, we got to find where there's going to be games in March that are just gross that you grind out. And we, we talked all year. Can this team do that? Um, I think we've proven over the last few weeks that we've gotten a lot better at doing that. Um, so feels great to be in the elite eight first time since 2018. And I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty pumped and just dying to watch the game tomorrow. So I don't know, AB, give me your initial reactions from last night's uh, beautiful display of basketball. It was disgusting, but it was beautiful all at once. A win is a win is a win, like they all say. But, you know, uh, like you said, it feels good to be back in the Elite Eight, have a chance to go to a Final Four again and uh, maybe hoist up a trophy here in a few weeks. So um, uh, I, don't, I haven't heard what Bill said after the game. If I were to guess, he probably called it the most beautiful game of basketball he's ever seen because uh, <laughs> this feels like a Bill Self kind of game. But, you know, yeah, it wasn't as you know comfortable as we would have liked when we were looking ahead to Providence and saying we would have loved to play them for the last six weeks but you know what we won the game so that's all that matters at the end of the day yeah and I mean AB you were kind of on the train all week you know I, I tweeted six days was too long for a break between tournament games because Monday I'm convincing myself oh Bill Self in Sweet 16 so roll we'll be fine Tuesday changes Wednesday you read something about Providence it scares you Thursday just all over the place you kind of held strong with Providence isn't good this is who we've wanted to play all year and we got them and while we didn't blow them out like I think you thought we would I do think you ultimately were right at the fact that for us to have won that game the way we played it needed to be against someone that I mean just comparing if we play Houston in that game, we lose. If we play Arkansas in that game, we lose. So when we celebrated on selection Sunday about our, our bracket and it felt like maybe we were overreacting. I don't think it was. I think we really got a nice draw and it's just, it's great that we were able to kind of play the way we did and still get a win. Now, I don't know how you feel looking ahead to Miami. I don't, I don't think we can play like that again. I think we've, 
We've got our Creighton ugly win. We've got our Providence ugly win. Now we've got to play some real basketball if we're going to do something in this tournament. So I don't know. Did you, circling back after saying a lot of words, did you think that we could win when all week you said Providence stinks? Did you think that we could win playing that bad? I mean, a little bit, I guess. What we what what would you say we played like a C game, a C minus game in terms of like what? Well, let we're me capable just of playing? let me just read some numbers for you. We shot thirty nine percent from the field, shot fourteen percent from three, two of fourteen, seventy one percent from the free throw line, which I kind of expected that. What were we nineteen to twenty against Creighton? Ten turnovers. Uh, and I mean, the main thing, the, the thing that's getting a lot of talk is Ochai scores five points, only gets up eight shots, two of eight or Oh, four from three CB only has six. Dave only has eight. So it's like, yeah, C at the best. If you ask me, because you just got nothing out of your main guys. Now you got a lot out of Remy and we'll get to that. But yeah, I think if you're, if you're looking at how we played, you can't say it was much better than C level performance. Right, and it was nice to see one of those C tournament games go down as a win for us because uh, just reading that stat line, that sounds like a VCU stat line, an Oregon stat line, a game that would just yeah. we'd look back on in five years and be like, what the hell was that? We should have had a Final Four. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's good to win a game when you don't play your best. I'm not saying Providence played well, but I think my point going into the whole week and the last, you know, ever since we saw Providence as a potential tournament matchup, it just kind of felt like they have more of those games than other four and five seeds or three seeds would have. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it feels good to not play your best, get a win, move on. Cause at the end of the day, all that matters is you score more points to the other team, you move on. And I would say we haven't played an AA minus game yet in the tournament. I don't know if we need mm-hmm. to against Miami. I think I'm still a little bit lower on them than you or some other people might be, but it almost makes me feel more confident because how many C, C-plus games is this team going to play in a row? Um, we've seen it all year where they have a different level they can get to, and if it's just Ochai heating up, CB heating up, Dave feeling more comfortable, I mean, that might tell you there's some special things to come if they can put that together over the next week. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is the fact that imagine three weeks ago, you know, we – Imagine three weeks ago, we see you, you show the box scores of these this Creighton and uh, Providence game. You you don't show the bench numbers because obviously Remy has been the difference maker. But just imagine three weeks ago seeing those box scores and then saying, oh, yeah, by the way, we made the Elite Eight with these numbers. Like, it's crazy what they've been able to do. And frankly, we got to talk about him. It's, it's because of Remy Martin. Like, Remy Martin has officially become our best player. And I know he's not better than Ochai overall, but just these last couple weeks, he's been our best player. And to see him come in and it, it's kind of what we – and, you know, we, we we say a lot of dumb things on this podcast. We make a lot of bold, dumb predictions. But we were very right about the fact that we need a guy – this team's needed a guy all year that when the offense was just stalling – moving slow, just not getting the type of – when this offense is going, the ball's popping around, the movement's great, you're getting open shots. But when you when you look like we did last night, we've said all year, we got to have a guy like Remy that can go just create a bucket. And he came in that game after a dreadful start and got us up like 11-4, to 4, I think. I think he went on like a 9-0 run by himself. Mm-hmm. So it's just – I've been hesitant to like let myself think Remy can continue to do this, but at this point, I think he can, and I think he has to 
for us to win it all. But I also think we like we're due, like you said, Ochai is going to have a game, and I think it's going to be Sunday. I've said this a lot, but like I think Miami, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think Miami is kind of a favorable pace and style of play that could help Ochai kind of play at his more comfort level. Do you think that's right? Yeah, they don't. I mean, who knows? The teams, I feel like, are different in March. I mean, we're obviously better defensively than we were all year um, the past handful of weeks. But, I mean, Miami ranks in, like, the hundreds and analytical defense. And, I mean, if if there was a game for this offense as a whole to get going and not just Remy, this would probably be the one, which, you know, hopefully that can get some confidence back with all these guys. And, you know, you get a comfortable win against Miami. You go into the Final Four, you're feeling confident, and you're – kind of peaking as a team at the right time. So that's kind of what I'm looking for going into tomorrow at least. But who knows? It's March. Anything can happen. We've had an 11 seed in the Elite Eight before we lost. We've had a 10 seed in the Elite Eight before and we won in a nail-biting game yep. where they put up a three that would have won it against Davidson. So um, I like Braden tweeted this out. I haven't stopped thinking about this tweet since he had it. It was right before the Creighton game. We could be playing Piper High School in the March Madness and we'd be nervous. And I think that's kind of always my defense when you guys are – freaking out before the game or during the game it's like let's just remember these two teams i think you guys have been the ones proven right on that i know we've won but the creighton game was nail biting the providence game up in the last five minutes was one possession game so it's march who knows especially this year st peter's i mean it's just a crazy tournament you never know what's going to happen yeah and i mean i've said i always say this about march madness like i don't think there's another sporting event in the world that causes guys to just tighten up play differently than they played all year just because of the atmosphere the pressure that goes into a single elimination bracket um and so i do think you know you look on paper and yeah we should beat miami by i think the spread six so we should probably cover that spread but then you look at the last few weeks and miami pumped auburn pumped iowa state uh, beat a good USC team in the first round. They in the ACC tournament, they took Duke to the final few minutes. Like Miami's flat out a good team, and so I know they have a ten seed next to them. I don't think they're playing at a ten seed level right now. I think they're probably more of like I kind of look at this as like another four or five seed type game, which you're still taking the elite eight. And but I mean, we've said all the time: guard play, guard play, guard play. Miami's got really good guards. Uh, one that we're familiar with and, and Chuck Moore, Charlie Moore, shout out. But he's a stud. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think that if we're going to see a shootout, like it's been a while since this team's been in a shootout, I think that we could see that tomorrow with the way Miami plays, the way we've kind of been slumping. Now, I hope we just shoot lights out and they don't. And we, we win by double digits. But I do kind of think it's going to be an up up and down game. I think Oach is going to get going. I think CB is going to like that style as well, but I also think Miami is going to be able to keep up. So it is, it is scary, but you know, I think you keep saying it. We, if you tell us two months ago that our route was Providence Miami to get to the final four, you are taking that 100% of the time. And, uh, just feels good. I mean, it's a big opportunity for Bill and his and his resume and, and things like that. Like, it's just a, he's we've got to capitalize. Like, there's a lot of pressure because we simply we have to capitalize. FBI stuff's looming. You know, things are coming. And so I'm just at the point where it's like the VCU 
get that out of your mind. It happened. But guess what? We also beat a 10 seed in 2008. We took advantage in 2008, and we can take advantage now. So I uh, I feel good. Um, I don't know. Where are we at on – actually, I do want to talk about something. Are we concerned about Dave? Dave yeah. was bad last night. I, I think he's he just bad. hurt, right? Like it's probably his foot catching up to him a little bit, and I mean – but his foot is not located on his hands, and he could that, not catch a ball. <laughs> that doesn't does that surprise you at all, though? He's kind of he's. We've called him a spaz for the last four years. That's just what he is. He loves to dribble when he doesn't have to and turn the wrong way. He's just he kind of just gets yeah. lost sometimes. And I think that if he gets lost upstairs, it kind of shows in the rest of his body. But we've also seen where he plays three awful games in a row, and then he comes out and he goes up for twenty three and twelve, and out of nowhere and. Maybe that could be tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe that could be next week. And if we get there, but I'm not completely out on him because I've just seen it too often to where he, can he flip that switch and do it. But <laughs> I mean, if he's hurt, that sucks. Cause obviously you need, you know, a somewhat yeah. good big, we say guard play does it in March, but it'd be nice to have a big that, especially if his caliber when he's on to just show up every once in a while, which hasn't really been the case since the regular season. Yeah. I mean, his last good game was against Texas, right? He was, yeah, pretty much. Didn't play a whole lot in Kansas City and then you know, yeah, struggled in the tournament. That's true. I uh I worry about him, but yeah, like you said, we we've just seen this over and over. It's there's never an answer for that. You don't know what you're gonna get out of Dave, and it's kind of exciting because you could get an all league type player or you could get the worst player on the floor. It's it's terrifying but exciting at the same time. Uh, I think the thing that really kind of sucks is Mitch is definitely hurt. Yeah. Um, you can tell his knees giving him issues. And, I mean, he still put up some solid minutes last night, but he was really playing good in that Big 12 tournament. So it it sucks to see that he's battling that. But, you know, we I saw a bunch of tweets. I think Nick Schwartz tweeted out, like, the number of times – that KU in the last, what was it, 10 years has played against a team that shot, God, they shot a certain amount of threes, I can't remember the number, and shot over 40%. And it was like the amount of games KU's played in that was like seven. And then the amount of games that North Carolina, Duke, Villanova, Kentucky combined had played in with those numbers was less than seven. So like mm-hmm. we, the, the narrative all week was like this team has ran into some pretty crazy shooting in the tournament. And it's it's frustrating, and part of it's our defense, part of it's just luck. Last night, I think we were—I mean, we were watching together, and I kind of kept saying, "Like, hey, we've complained about being unlucky. Well, we're kind of getting lucky now. Granted, we played good defense in that first half, but Providence was missing a lot of shots, and you were starting to get that fear of we've been asking for a break in the tournament. Can we get cold shooting night from an opponent? We got it." And it was still like under six minutes we could lose. And it was kind of like, oh, my God, are we going to flip the script and lose in a different way than we've been losing? And it feels good to gut that out without Dave, without Oach, without CB, a hurt Mitch. So, yeah, I I think it's interesting that the script totally flipped and we were able to take advantage because the meltdown would have been on if we lost to a team. Providence shot 33% from the field. Mm-hmm. you imagine if we lose that game? Oh, it would have been the end of the world. I can't even imagine KU Twitter. I mean, it's the overreact. Well, I mean, I guess they wouldn't be overreactions because the season would be over. But the amount of <laughs> Bill self-slander going around, whether it's KU or national, 
it would have been a disaster. So, uh, you know, you you say it all the time, law of averages. We're kind of due for some good luck in the tournament, you know, whether not exactly bracket breaking. I feel like that happens for us somewhat often. But those random teams that shoot 50% from three when they're not good shooting teams, things like that. So yeah. it was definitely good when we weren't playing particularly well to yeah. kind of get some good fortune on our side and help us eke out that win. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. Uh, the other guy we haven't talked about, I mean, we Remy gets all the pub right now, but Jalen Wilson was incredible. I think he had, awesome. what, 16 and 15. I mean, that dude... When things got tight, when you started to sense kind of the – I think your Providence went up one and the crowd flipped, which I don't want to slander us I, Kansas I've got fans, a take on this when you're done with it. Let's this. hear it. Okay. Well, well, go ahead and say it. Okay. So I I wasn't there, and I don't really you know have 100% proof this was the case. But Iowa State fans brought a ton of people. Providence seemed like they had a pretty good section of fans. And then whenever Miami fans were there. When you have three different teams' fan sections all rooting against you, even if we have the majority of fans of the four teams, they're still going to overpower us. So, like, that was kind of my thinking when Braden told us that it wasn't great and that the whole stadium was turning against us. In my mind, it's like, okay, it's not just Providence fans. That's all the Iowa State fans. That probably, what, 40% of the crowd there were Iowa State fans, you'd think? Any, like, yeah. Because everyone – no one's rooting for – I think Rothstein tweeted this out. Nobody roots for Goliath. And in that game, uh, we I, were Goliath and Providence was David. So it's that's kind of my thought on it was it was just, you know, three fan bases going against one and it overpowered the Hawks. But, I mean, we've rose, we've had concerns about that all tournament where it doesn't seem like a normal first weekend game or a normal, you know. I guess that's kind of my thing is it, it wasn't – my issue was not that when Providence scored, the crowd got really loud because you're right. Iowa State can say all the time, oh, we're cheering for Big 12. No, you're not. They're you not cheering for lose. KU. Yeah. yeah, they were not cheering for KU. We are so hated by that conference, and it's fair. I don't really want Iowa State to cheer. I wouldn't have cheered for Baylor. Like, I think that stuff's corny. I don't care about their other teams in my conference. Uh, but what concerned me is I felt like when we'd make big shots or, like, big plays, it just didn't feel like that normal pop you get from a Kansas crowd at a neutral court where you're kind of like, whoa, like that. We've got the crowd right now. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to explain it. It feels like we are lacking in that, especially in Fort Worth, which I thought the thing was, well, it's Fort Worth. People are saving their money for Chicago, New Orleans, things like that. Uh, but, man, I I was just kind of like 
disappointed that we didn't seem to have a better crowd for just when even we scored. Um, I know that the fan bases are going to turn on us, but anyways, that was a tangent. Well, is there an argument that they people saw our draw for the second weekend and decided to save up for New Orleans? I mean, they see a four seed, a ten seed, an eleven seed, and you know we're gonna. Obviously, we have a lot of people in Chicago, alums, fans in general, but. I mean, there. I know there's a group of fans that are going to say, "Oh, well, we should have no issue getting out of this. Let's save our money and go to New Orleans, where at this point it looks like yeah. Duke's probably going to go there. North Carolina. That's going to be an expensive ticket. So it's going to um, be inexpensive ticket. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. That came to mind I, last night too. But it is it is weird because that doesn't feel like a thing that we would have talked about for KU basketball fans in the past decade or two decades. But you know, since Self has been here, at yeah. Least. Yeah, and I do think there's an element to like. I'm not sure how much people have believed in this team. I mean, we've said it all year. I think there's always been some doubts in the back of their minds, and I still think those doubts are – if we lose Sunday, I think, you know, we had a great run, but I don't think anyone's going to look back on this team and say they overachieved or had a great se- – I mean, they had a good season. Elite eight loss fine, but, you know, it's pretty much – I think you come in a top preseason top three team, that's Final Four or bust. So – I do think, you know, if we get to the final four, then you can kind of say, okay, everyone that doubted this team, you look like idiots if we don't. But I do think there maybe is some like people that just don't believe in this team and haven't felt like going. I don't know. I can't. It could be COVID related, less people going to games just because they've been at home with these last few. I have no idea. I just, I don't know. It's been weird. I don't want to spend too much time on it because we still had a good crowd. Just Mm -hmm. didn't feel as dominant as it is sometimes. But why I brought that up is because when that crowd did turn on us, Jalen Wilson comes down immediately, makes an and one. We go right back up to, I think that was the biggest play of the game. And I think that's kind of, that's what Jalen's done all year. He's been kind of a calming influence that gets you a putback layup after a miss where things feels like if he doesn't get that rebound, the other team has a chance to go on a run. Like Jalen's kind of just that guy that does the dirty work. Um, huge play by him and we really so we got up two there and did we ever look back i think cb then came that we got a stop and then cb made a floater to put us up four and then we got a steal jalen missed but dave got the putback to put us up six so yeah i mean that jalen play was huge because it was it was turning into a road game for us Mm so i mean how uh i don't know do you think that do you think that we can ride Remy and Jalen in an Elite Eight game? Like, what if we have a similar game as we saw yesterday? Not similar. We're not going to play that bad. But, like, let's say Oach is being face guarded and can't get looks and CB's the same way. Like, if I tell you that in the Elite Eight game that Remy and Jalen are our two leading scorers, are you okay with that? I think I'd still be fine given the circumstance. Normally against, like, a typical Elite Eight team if we were playing – Duke like we did a few years ago I don't know if I would feel fine but Miami I know they're hot I know you say they're a four or five seed but like they're still not great it's like if now if they play an a plus game then we're gonna get everything we need but I if Remy and Jalen play fine and say they put up identical stat lines to what they did last night I think that that should be enough to get you past Miami and just kind of keep you alive for another week and hopefully you know, your studs can just figure it out for one, two games and go on from yeah. there. Because, if I mean, if we win tomorrow and CB Oaks, they don't play well, no one's going to remember it. I mean, we look back to 2018, Devontae was not good in that tournament. 
Nobody mm-hmm. remembers it because of how far they went. Everyone exactly. remembers Malik being yeah. awesome, Speedy being great in the Elite Eight game. Like, but no one talks about Devontae struggling from you know shooting and just not playing well. No one remembers yeah. it. They remember the team's success. So, just Dude, get out of mind. It is crazy. I've kind of compared this team to the 28 because that 2018 team was doubted all year. Um, they kind of had a star. They they relied on a lot of the year, and you started to see guy, you know, CB the way CBs emerge and the way Spees emerge, and then you you make the comparisons to Remy and Malik, which is just crazy to make. But there are some there are comparisons the way that Oach is kind of. I mean, Oach has been worse than Devonte was in that tournament, mm-hmm. but it's that's what's been so great about the emergence of Remy is like this wasn't possible three weeks ago. We would have been home last Saturday. And so that's huge. And we've said it all year. I think in, in Bill said it like this team has another gear that we can get to. Now we've got to quit saying that we got to get to it. We're, we're in the final two weeks of the season. Like we, we got to get to that gear, but it is kind of exciting to think we made it final eight teams we really haven't seen this team click on all cylinders with their main six guys now that Remy's in the bunch. So, man, do you, so I'm going to throw this out there. I've, I've kind of got two ways of looking at this Miami-KU game. I think – like I think style of play, the way we played as, as of late, the way they played as of late – I think we could like absolutely put up one of our best performances of the year and blow them out. Do you think that's crazy? I'm not saying that's my prediction, but like, I just kind of think I have this weird feeling that we could see that happen. I would almost say that's more likely if you're just looking at the two teams from 2022, like when when you start thinking about past elite eight luck and choke jobs, if you want to call them that, that's where I think I started to get in my head and I'm sure you guys start to get in your head. Um, but when just looking at this stylistically and the crowd advantage we should have, I yeah. just it just feels like we could be in line for a big explosive performance. And if is it a take to say I'm not sure I want that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is it's stupid to say that, but it, <laughs> I see what you're saying. Like, I see what you're saying. Whereas, let, let's not if we can survive against Miami by mm-hmm. playing kind of just how we played, which I don't know if we can, but we can play a little bit better than we did against Providence and still probably win. If we can do that, get to the final four, then turn things on. It'd be ideal. Uh, Cause we're going to have a gauntlet of a matchup in the final four if we make it. But I see what you're saying, but in my opinion, right. just, just play good in the elite eight. Like don't, don't let this be, don't be down one in the final five minutes, just let's, let's play. We're top 10 offense in the country and we have not looked like it. So you just got to feel like it's going to happen. Um, but it's yeah, I come around at some point. Yeah. Like, like you said, my whole point was don't blow your load this weekend and come out next weekend flat or looking rough, but yeah. Um, yeah. I don't mean to go back to Remy, but this just came to mind because it's kind of as the offense as a whole and how tomorrow could look or are you fear fearful at all of like, a game where Remy just doesn't have it because obviously the last six games, he's just been awesome. And I feel like we've kind of gotten used to that, but there's still a chance he can not revert back to what he was all season because he just wasn't playing like touching the court, but he is the kind of player that he likes to shoot the ball. He likes to take a shots. And we've seen a couple minute stretches of it in the tournament. Even that would kind of worry me a little bit. Just, I mean, obviously he's been our 
biggest offensive threat for the past two weeks. So if that slows down, no one else figures it out, then we might just be screwed. It might just be over. Yeah. So, I mean, what's Remy average so far? He had 15, then he had, what do you have against Creighton? He had 23. I mean, he's averaging close to – Almost 20. He's averaging over – fi- Yeah. It's it's hard to believe Remy's gonna. I mean, I've said I think he can keep playing at this level, but yeah, you can't. We can't rely on Remy to go get us twenty three in an Elite Eight game like that. This is where you have a national player that you're candidate. Oach, he has to show up in this game. You cannot have him play the way he did. And you know what I love about Oach, though. You know what I love as as and he was good defensively. So I don't want to say Oach played bad. He just didn't make shots and he just wasn't his, his normal self. But you know what I love the most about Oach is in a five-point game, three minutes left on the clock, you can throw a ball up in the air to him that nobody else on the floor can go up and get, and it turns into a dunk, changes the momentum of the game. You go up seven, and essentially from there, the game's over. So, like, Oach has the ability to, yeah, he might not make shots, but his athletic ability can make a play where it's like, just completely shifts the momentum. And so that's what I love about Oach is he doesn't let he doesn't let bad games affect him. He just wants to win. And that's mm-hmm. great because I do think in times you see guys in March that like they're so Oach could be obsessed with his draft stock and things like that. Well he doesn't care. That dude just wants to win a national title. And you see him in the locker room. He's so happy to win. And so I just love that Oach, I don't think he's pressing. He really wasn't taking bad shots or forcing the issues. So when I say we got to get something out of Oach, it's not to be like, oh, he's like not good. It's just I want to see something. Yeah, just make shots, and this is what you play. This is why you work so hard in the off seasons to get to this level. And let's just do it. Uh, we got to wrap up here in a bit. I don't want to take too long because this this episode will only be good for about the next twenty four hours. But update our listeners on the odds. <laughs> to win the national title right now because it's crazy it's absolutely crazy it is crazy but i just it's got to just be because of our elite eight uh matchup i would assume but let me pull it up really quick we're still the favorites uh fan duels got us at plus 280 right now uh next is houston at plus 360 the problem is if both houston and us win i think we're probably gonna be underdogs against houston just because i mean it might be like a pickup maybe i mean it's gonna be a very close game but it, those are the two teams that are, you know, the yeah. pretty clear favorites with Duke following up. And after that, it drops off pretty significantly. So it is kind of crazy yeah. thinking back about a month ago, what we were saying about this team and the Twitter meltdowns. And all of a sudden, for the last two days, we've been uh, favorites to win the national championship with a week and a half to go in the season. Crazy. But, last one seed standing. I would argue we were the least picked one seed. Maybe, I don't think a lot of people picked Baylor either, but like, not a lot of people had even us making an elite eight. So it's uh, it's crazy how March can shift the narrative. Um, and all of a sudden we've gone from let's get, before the tournament, us, the podcast was like, let's just get to a second weekend and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And now I'm sitting here like Bill Self, when you look back on his tenure, his career, he needs this game on Sunday. And it's stupid to say, but like the fact of the matter is, Final fours matter in college basketball. That's the reason Jay Billis ranks Tom Izzo ahead of him. That's the reason uh, Calipari's ranked ahead of him, even though they have the same amount of titles. Like Bill Self needs another Final Four. He's what two and five as a one seed in the Elite Eight. Can't have that. You got to be done. You got to get another win tomorrow. Um, like we said, it's it's right there. It's on a platter. 
It's ours for the taking. All we got to do is come in and play just our normal game, and we will be celebrating a Final Four. And that makes me feel great. So before we wrap up, you got any uh, final comments, any predictions, any any things you just want to get out on the airwaves before we get ready for tomorrow? Can I make my dumb brain theory public? What I texted you yes. guys last night? Okay, so... I love I love dumb brain theories. Yeah, it's, it's like similar to the TCU. Jamie Dixon's not going to be in the Big 12 title game. It's similar to what we said about Mark Adams and in Coach K's career. This is my thought process with the Final Four. Everyone thinks Duke's going to beat Arkansas. I would say that's probably likely to happen. It just feels like destiny for Coach K to get to a Final Four. Yeah. I, as Lock cool the as the St. Peter story has been, like... They're dead. I, they're not going to a Final Four. Like, I'm sorry. If they do, <laughs> awesome. But they're just not. So, assuming yeah. Duke and North Carolina both win, that's two ACC teams in the Final Four. We really think 75% of the Final Four is coming from the ACC. And Miami would beat no. us. So, that's no. my dumb but, brain confidence in the Cox winning. But, and I mean, those, dumb brain. Arkansas and St. Peter's it, could say the same thing about, you know, yeah, the other two if games, Arkansas so. wins tonight, your dumb theory is out the door. So, right. uh, and I'm That's- very much cheering for Arkansas to win. But I just want everyone to buckle up. Don't don't get ready. Let's not think about it yet. Well, I want to think, but in the very back of your brain, just think about the feeling you're going to have on a Monday morning, April 6th, April 3rd. I don't know what the date is. It's Monday morning. We're going to a national championship game, and we are playing against Mike Shashesky, the worst man to ever coach in college. I'm just kidding. But how amazing would it be to get there? So I want it. I just want it. I, I've talked myself into this. If Duke's going to make the Final Four, I want it to be against us in the national title game. Like, I think I would maybe cheer for them against North Carolina in the Final Four game. So we're, we're off on a tangent now. But I just wanted that to be thrown out in everyone's brains. I'm sure people have considered it, but – I said after that Texas Tech game, Duke's going to the, going to the national title game. So let's just pray it's it's us against them. But boy, would that be bananas! I can't imagine your meltdown if we were to lose to Coach K in a national championship game and his last game ever. I mean, nope. Just picture, just picture mastery. Just picture mastery. That's if, all I'm going to tell myself. If we're going to win a title, that's the ideal situation to happen. Is that's the best? Career, that's the best title you, title game we'll ever have. So, and that's including game that we had 14 years ago that was about as good as it gets. But, all right, all right. we are off the rails. As always, thank you all for listening. Big game tomorrow. We will probably be back tomorrow at some point, depending on what happens. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Rock Chalk. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.